Do you read the fine print? Sharon Hornelsham here. And for me these days, everything is fine print. Really hard to see. But if you've read instructions ever, if you've read a contract, if you've read the ingredients on a, a food label or any other label, this is just a little alcohol pad. And on the back, there's teeny fine print. I believe it's probably the ingredients, the contents, and then the directions of how to use it. And then it says, of course, see box for inactive ingredients or <laughs> for more information. But these are just little packets that I happen to have by my computer to clean off my magnifying glasses and my uh, my phone screen or my computer screen or my lights or whatever I want to clean off. But everything, the fine print, of course, refers to the contract terms and conditions, the disclosures, the uh, other important information that isn't part of the main body of the document. So, for example, I've got a book right here. It happens to be The Fifth Element, The Art of Practice and Organization of Learning by Peter Senjay. And there's appendixes, of course. And after the appendixes, there are footnotes, tons and tons of footnotes, where all the references and scientific information is. The important parts that back up what's said in the body of the context of this book, for one example, or in the context of a contract. I do real estate for a lot of years. And the fine print, the, the, the appendixes, and the addendums often contain things that were critical to the deal closing and, and becoming a legally binding contract. Fine print's been around since Gutenberg's time, when uh, actually in the 1400s when Gutenberg lived, there the only way that books were and information was transferred was by handwriting. So remember back the old Gutenberg Bible, the, everything was handwritten. And he invented a way to make movable text and he invented the printing press, which changed the way books were created and produced and made from that time on. And in, uh, I don't remember when it was, but a lady by the name of Johan, or Johan, Joanne Johansson wrote a book about his life. And uh, there's a lot of, it's called The Fine Print, actually, is why I brought that up. But she wrote that book, and it details his life and his um, developing the printing press and how it changed our lives today. Now we use fine print. I hope we use fine print in our businesses. Hopefully you're using contracts drafted by people with legal expertise or by people, depending on what the nature of the transaction is, that's using contracts and agreements and that they're documented. Now for legal contracts, at least in the United States, 12 point font, size 12 point, and I don't, I don't, I don't know, I'm sure I've got 12 point font around me somewhere, but it's the most common size of font for contracts because sometimes manufacturers and people try to make the font smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller that no one can read it whether they have my visual challenges or not. So we want to make sure if we're sharing documents and things, especially online, that we create them in at least 12 point font. If we're printing them for sure, 12 point font. Uh, terms of use are one of the base examples since I'm talking to you online. Obviously terms of use, also known as terms and conditions, terms of uh, service, they all mean the same thing, right? They're all um, a legal agreement. If agreed upon by both parties, they can be legal and binding in court. So it's important that if you don't read terms of service, terms of uh, terms and conditions or things, know that you're putting yourself at risk because they're written by the company or the business or the organization to protect them. And you want to know what you're getting into. So whenever you come online, whenever you do and use any platform, they have terms and conditions or terms of service. And I would say probably 
99.9% of the population has never read any of them. Uh, again, I came, I was in the real estate business, so I read a lot of contact tracks and a lot of details. And I made sure that I actually read them back in the day that I was doing that because it's very easy to change a word here or a word there or word things slightly differently that gives it an entirely different meaning. And then it's up to the courts to decide what the interpretation or the accurate right interpretation of that is. Now in our terms of service, since this is an important thing for our online presence, and I believe everybody should have an online presence of some sort, we wanna make sure we include seven things. Message to remind me about a Zoom call I'm supposed to be doing. So, what are those seven things? Number one, an introduction. We have an introduction to our terms of use, our terms of service, our terms and conditions, so people know who we are and what we're about. We want to have number two, a right to change the agreement, right? We want to let people know this is who we are, this is our right, is we have the ability to change this agreement at any time, and you'll be asked to re-agree to it. Number three, we want to have user guidelines. What are the rules, the restrictions, and the requirements for people using our products or services or using our website, using our whatever? Number four, I think number four, I'm counting very strangely today. Number four, we want to have copyright and intellectual property understanding. So we want to make sure that we're addressing that in our uh, terms and conditions. Number five, we want to have governing law. We want to be in charge of if there is some sort of litigation. It happens in our our home court, right? It happens in our territory. It happens in our jurisdiction. Um, even if we're doing international business, we want to spell out and call out, hey, I am in Wisconsin in the United States. That's where we're going to, you know, St. Croix County. That's where the jurisdiction will be if there's any disputes with me and my products and services. Uh, number six, we want to have warranties and disclaimers, right? Any warranties that, and guarantees and disclaimers, we want to have a section for that. And finally, we want to have a section for a limitation on our liability, what we're liable for. If somebody uses my app and sprains their ankle because they're, or gets in a car accident because they're driving their car using my app, I am not liable for that. And so I want to make sure that there's a limit on the liability of people using some product or service that I'm providing for them. So those seven things, intro, um, right to change the agreement, user guidelines, what are the rules, regulations, requirements um, for someone using our products and services, copyright, intellectual property, governing law, uh, warranties, guarantees, and disclaimers, and limitation of liability. So make sure, are you including all those things in your terms of service or your terms and conditions? If not, make sure you add a section for each of those. So curious what you're doing, again, banking, real estate, contracts, buying and selling uh, businesses, regulations, regulatory agencies, taxes, licensing, and again, terms and conditions, all of those require fine print. So are you reading the fine print, number one? And number two, are you making sure that you're including the fine print, all the important things in your offerings in and attached to your products and services? That's it. Have an awesome day. I am glad to be home. I will unravel my travel journeys and adventures in, in one of these days or as we go forward, but uh, always good to be back in my own little home environment. Have an amazing day. If I can help you in any way, ask. Otherwise, we sit around with another interesting idiom. What does it mean? Where does it come from? And how might it help you in your business and your life right now? Take care.